c'est dommage, on ne voit pas euh, en bas de l'exposé, qui est donc une, une fondation euh, sur, euh, qui travaille sur l'agriculture euh, urbaine. Euh, Femke est géographe et euh, a travaillé euh, sur des projets européens en relation avec l'agriculture euh, urbaine. Elle a notamment travaillé à, à Verhoeningen. Verhoeningen Not anymore, but before. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I should say it in English. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. As long as you understand. Qui est Varenigen. Je ne sais pas si je prononce bien, mais ce que je peux vous dire, c'est que c'est actuellement une des mecs de la recherche en agriculture euh, urbaine, donc qui se situe euh, euh, en, euh, en Hollande. Et euh, si on a souhaité euh, faire euh, participer Femke aujourd'hui, c'est vraiment que le, le ROAF est un organisme tout à fait intéressant. Euh, je dirais qu'il prend au sérieux, euh, non pas qu'on ne l'ait pas pris au sérieux aujourd'hui, hein, loin de là, la question de l'agriculture euh, urbaine, qui a commencé à travailler, euh, je dirais, dans le sud, mais qui aujourd'hui développe des projets euh, partout, dans le monde en se focalisant vraiment sur cette question de l'agriculture dans les aires urbaines. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to do it in English. I missed most of the discussion because it was in, fr in French, so I hope I won't be repeating a lot of things that you were already talking about. Um, so yeah, first I'm going to say a little bit about uh, who's Ruaf and uh, share some experience of us worldwide. Um, and also share some developments in the Netherlands because that, that's where we are based. Um, yeah, I hope you can somehow relate to what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. I've decided to uh, focus on three challenges or developments for urban agriculture. Uh, I know there's a lot, lot, lot of things to say about the topic, but I, I decided to talk about these three developments because these are topics that uh, we are recently involved in as Ruaf, and I think it, it's nice Uh, because it offers opportunities to collaborate with, with you guys. Um, so um, this is a picture of Cape Town. I decided to use that as, a, as an example of these challenges. And also, um, like I said, some, some examples from the Netherlands. Um, yeah, first about Ruaf. So these are my colleagues. Uh, it's actually just the four of us now in the Netherlands. So this is Marielle Dubbeling on the left side. She's the director of the foundation. And this is Henk Renting and René van Veenhuis. So they're bo both senior advisors. Uh, yeah, like uh, Joël was saying, we have a strong history of urban agriculture projects in the global south. But we are increasingly becoming engaged in uh, in in yeah, urban agriculture activities in the north because there are so many things are going on and we see a lot of opportunities to also learn uh, from, from the south and from the north and exchange these messages. Uh, yeah, some of the activities we're focusing on, first of all, we're, yeah, we are a knowledge and information center. So WUAF stands for Resource Centers on Urban Agriculture and Food Security. So one of the core activities that we do is exchange knowledge and information on urban agriculture and I put some materials over there on the table already. We have an urban agriculture magazine that comes out twice a year and in which we share a lot of case studies on urban agriculture. And we have a website with a, with a lot of information all around the world. And um, another thing that we do is we uh, help urban producers in developing their capacity. Um, and uh, we... Yeah, we have a lot of contact with cities and help them with policy design and project design of urban agriculture. 
and we also um, monitor and evaluate other um, organizations' projects on urban agriculture. So the key areas uh, that we are focusing on right now is the productive use and reuse of waste and wastewater. So that's about the role of urban agriculture in resource-efficient <coughs> cities. Uh, city, city adaptation to climate change. So we help cities developing uh, risk reduction strategies and see what kind of role urban agriculture can play. For example, the productive use of flood zones around cities or um, agroforestry on landslide-prone slopes or rooftop gardens and, and what they can mean. Um, we also focus on food security and social inclusion. So these are all the examples of home gardens, school gardens, community gardens, who have often uh, less of an economic value, but have a high involvement of, uh, of people, so are really significant. Another one is short food chains and local economy. So we help urban producers uh, developing markets for local and organic food. And the final one is planning resilient urban food systems. So that's also about the recognition of urban agriculture by policy and the relation to other policy domains. So it's not just us doing that, we, but we have a lot of, um, we are a foundation, so we have member organizations in China, Peru, India, Senegal, Zimbabwe, and Lebanon. And we work with a lot of international organizations like the FAO, uh, UN Habitat, or uh, World Bank, uh, and also NGOs like um, uh, CARE International, World Vision, and um, yeah, a lot of research institutes like McGill University in Canada, and uh, yeah, there's, you can find a list of all the people we work with. And we used to have core funding from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in the Netherlands, and we are in, in the running again for a five-year program that's funded by them. Um, but yeah, for the rest we are just um, developing projects with these organizations that I was mentioning. So at the moment we don't have any core funding. Oh yeah, and we, and we do this in 25 cities in 17 countries in the world, so it's quite extensive. So these are the three challenges that I want to talk about. Mm. Like I said, we see an increase in urban agriculture activities around the world for various reasons that are also people already talked about this morning. And also, increasingly, governments see the value of urban agriculture. But at the same time, yeah, we see the following challenges. Of finding urban agriculture business models that work, connecting small-scale initiatives, and urban agriculture as part of a city-region food systems. And I will go into these challenges one by one. So this is about finding urban agriculture business models that work. Um, so like I said, there are many initiatives popping up everywhere, but how are they really sustainable in the long run? In the Netherlands, we see many initiatives that are struggling um, to find ways to con continue beyond the first, when the first phase of enthusiasm is over, like, and then the, the first, yeah, funding is over, like, how to continue beyond that? So like the other speakers already uh, introduced their many different types of urban agriculture, from very small scale to self-consumption type to larger scale commercial type of agriculture. Uh, from agriculture that's done in and around the house uh, to agriculture that is done in semi-public <coughs> areas or in peri-urban areas and field plots. 
um, from high-tech urban agriculture to lower productive um, multifunctional agriculture. And you, you see some examples of these type of agriculture here. But what is important to realize is that these different models complement each other. So they, they reach different target groups, they contribute to different policy objectives, and they offer different business <coughs> opportunities. So some of the, in general, some of the business opportunities that we see for urban agriculture is, the, for example, the marketing of products and services. And, and I put uh, an example there below. It's um, from a project that, that recently started in the <coughs> Netherlands. It's called Uit Eigenstad. Uh, this is a, a company that's, that's trying to reconnect uh, producers um, and try to connect consumers with where food is coming from. And they, um, yeah, they, they have mushrooms, they have like uh, an aquaponics system that they recently started up, but they really want to be economically viable. So they have a restaurant. I'm not saying it is easy, but that is their model. And they're, they're continuously adapting to, to find a, a way to, to make it economically <coughs> viable. Another option for urban and peri-urban agriculture is um, cost savings and or cost recovery. So that's what I mean with that is that, that urban agriculture can replace tasks of, for example, public goods and services like waste disposal or green, green space management. Um, another point is cost avoidance. So that yeah, urban agriculture is addressing actual urban challenges. So for example, on health improvement and flood control. So these are then costs that can be avoided. And but the, the challenge is, of course, to make these, these savings visible somehow. Uh, and the final one is creation of a distinctive product quality or reputation. So yeah, that is really about those ac urban agriculture activities that, find, that focus on, um, on a niche product. So, and that they can also f uh, ask a premium price for, for their product. So these are opportunities we see in general. And then we... We run a three-year project ourselves, on, uh, which was called Rua from Sea to Table, and where we helped urban producers uh, to develop their market and uh, look for business opportunities. And we, yeah, this is a schematic overview of that, of that uh, program. We did that also in 17 cities. So we did a market analysis and at the same time also looked at innovative forms of financing and uh, yeah, facilitating policies to help them. So some of the lessons we learned from that program uh, were yeah, that support by governments or NGOs, especially in the startup phases on financing or training or infrastructure is really important. Uh, clearly defined business models and objectives is really important. It seems very obvious, but in the Netherlands we see a lot of initiatives that, that have multiple um, yeah, objectives and it, they, yeah, it makes it very complicated some, somehow. And there also seems to be a more potential for intermediary enterprises. And I have an example of such an enterprise, again, from Cape Town. Um, we work there with a local organization called Abalimi Bezekaya, and they work with about 3,000 farmers in the townships of Cape Town. Um, yeah, these these uh, farmers, they had like different levels of um, of production. So some were really growing for home consumption, but others showed interest to sell to a, to a market. But somehow they weren't able to um, 
go beyond selling uh, to their immediate neighborhoods, but they, they weren't able to access other local urban markets. So that's when Abolimion at the same time um, saw an increase of interest from um, people in, in Cape Town for organic and local products. So they thought, okay, maybe we should um, set up uh, an organic box scheme, which, and they started that in 2009, called Harvest of Hope. And they, um, they, they organized um, these farmers and these townships to collectively um, produce vegetables for this box scheme. So they helped them in training, they organized inputs, um, they helped with the production planning, and they, they, at the bottom you see an image of the pack shed where all these vegetables come together and they are organized um, in boxes. And they, they, yeah, they organize the distribution all together. So this is just an example of, of such an intermediary, intermediary organization. Um, yeah, so Urban Green Train is a, a project that, that we are, um, that is actually the kickoff meeting is next week in Bologna, so it's very recent. And this is also a project which is, um, yeah, which core aim is to look for business opportunities in urban agriculture. Uh, it's, uh, it will continue the work of cost action. You all mentioned that uh, already this morning. Um, they also have made up a typology of urban agriculture um, business opportunities, and we're planning to continue upon that. It's a, it's a partnership with um, um, some organizations in Italy, in Germany, in France, and then us in the Netherlands. And uh, the idea is to look also at what kind of training opportunities there currently are for urban agriculture and see um, yeah, where, where there are still gaps in uh, helping people to develop entrepreneurship in urban agriculture. So the second challenge that I want to talk about is connecting uh, small-scale initiatives. Um, yeah, like I said, there are many interesting uh, initiatives going on but there are still most of them are very scattered so yeah sometimes it's good to unite um, forces and and also to be able to create a, an enabling policy environment so yeah I'd like to give two examples again one from the Netherlands um, which is called Dutch City Network on Urban Agriculture they uh, started a couple of years ago I think three years ago as a response to these many small fragmented initiatives that were uh, going on in the Netherlands. Uh, it's actually a network of um, local <coughs> authorities, so this is kind of organized from the top down. Um, these authorities really saw the value of urban agriculture, but they were really alone in that. So they didn't have any other people in the city council, for example, that uh, also believed in the value of urban agriculture. So they decided with uh, like 14 other cities to unite in a network and to put <coughs> urban agriculture on, on the agenda and create these linkages between local initiatives. So they meet, I think, twice a year now and talk about a specific topic on urban agriculture. Um, yeah, and it, it's paid by the, partly by the Dutch um, Ministry of Economic Affairs. And there's also, the cities also have an own contribution of about 2,000 euros per year. Um, so the first stage was actually really getting to know each other and exchange on questions <coughs> regarding urban agriculture. 
Uh, yeah, they all struggled with similar questions, but there were different stages uh, of, of development. And it was mainly also to develop trust and test ideas with each other. Um, yeah, in 2013, they launched uh, an urban agriculture charter, which suggests actions for local and uh, national governments. And uh, so far, 25 cities in the Netherlands have signed this charter. So it's, it's a, a really important tool to legitimize urban agriculture. Uh, now they are at the stage that they want to, um, yeah, they, they feel like they should share what they've been talking about. Uh, they need new inputs. And uh, although they've set up this uh, LinkedIn group where uh, also other people are invited to join, it's still a group of uh, local authorities only. So now they have a lot of discussions about how to continue this network. Like, should we really involve different groups, or uh, would that only be making things really <coughs> complex? Um, because in terms of management, and should we organize it also at a national level, or is it better to organize that those activities at a local level? Um, or should we remain as a, as a government uh, network and really try to influence policies at the national level? Um, and they see that there's a, there's a differing level of knowledge between uh, cities. Of course, there's a group of cities that, was, that, that joined this network from the beginning, and they have different questions than cities that join later. So there's a, there's a, a widening gap. So um, yeah, they are interested also to exchange with uh, other European cities, for example, these frontrunners. Um, so, in, with RUAF, we also try to um, have a more systematic approach towards urban agriculture. Um, yeah, we call this um, MPAP, that stands for Multi-Stakeholder Policy and Action Planning. I, I also put a book there about um, our experiences on that, I don't know if it's still there. Uh, but it's, it's a process of bringing all major stakeholders together in a city. Um, and doing, uh, going through a process of joint, joint situation analysis, visioning, identifying strategies, action planning, implementation, <coughs> monitoring. Um, yeah, and we did this also in these, in these 20 cities, in, in mostly in the global south. And uh, what, we, what we noticed is that it's important um, to look with um, at the political level, at uh, some different type of entry points. So some cities are interested, uh, like in top, you see social aspects. So they, they're mostly concerned about um, yeah, social inclusion, inclusion of disadvantaged groups, for example, and, uh, and working enhancing food security. Other cities are mainly interested in the potential for urban greening and uh, recycling. And yet others are only interested if, if you can uh, reveal the potential of urban agriculture uh, in an economic sense. So these are entry points to um, invite local governments to talk about urban agriculture. Uh, what we saw is that the benefits of uh, this process is that it, it enhances social acceptance of decision making because uh, urban poor people in our case were involved in the process. Uh, it engages decision makers because they were yeah, they, they are engaged from the start. It improves the quality of policies and projects uh, because it's also a dialogue between different perspectives and, and different sets of knowledge, which, which en enhances the quality. Uh, yeah, it develops partnerships, mobilizes local resources, 
promotes local ownership and commitment and leads to integration in urban policies and planning. So this is a very, in very brief, uh, yeah, some of the lessons uh, that we learned. And uh, to clarify this uh, with, yeah, with a practical example, these are, are some of the, yeah, what happened in Cape Town as a result of this process. So this is also an answer to what governments can do to create an enabling environment for urban agriculture. So they are uh, raising awareness on the benefits of urban agriculture. They included urban agriculture in land use management and spatial planning. They look for linkages with other strategies. Uh, they build strategic partnership. Um, they, they make sure they have a rapid release of municipal land. Uh, they have subsidized water for vulnerable groups, like these, these farmers in the townships. Um, specific strategy for livestock. They have a support program. And it's also important for them to motivate and mobilize youth, because uh, especially older people, especially older women are involved in, in agriculture in Cape Town. And also to integrate urban agriculture in, into commercial agriculture industry. And my final challenge is urban agriculture as part of a city region food system. So this, this MPAP process that I was just talking about was mainly on a, on a very local level and only about urban agriculture. And what we see now is that to, yeah, to work towards um, resilient urban food system, it, it's important to have a more holistic approach. So to think about the rural urban interface, I think that was also a topic of discussion uh, before. Uh, to, to think about linkages with uh, water, waste, transport, and energy, and to, to look for synergies between those these different sectors. So um, uh, this is an image from, uh, from a report that was recently released by uh, ICLAI. It's about urban nexus, and they also explain what, this, what it can look like and why it is important. So I, I really recommend, if you're interested in, in this topic, to, uh, to read this report. Um, yeah, it's, it's opposed to, to this very sectoral thinking. Um, uh, it's opposed to the divided responsibilities that we see very often now about poor coordination and high costs. And it's really about, yeah, what I was saying, pursuing uh, synergies in dealing with um, yeah, these, these, these resource constraints that uh, these, these cities are facing. Um, so, also in Cape Town, they realized the importance of a more holistic approach, and they, the city council um, commissioned a comprehensive study on food systems, and these are some of the questions that they're asking. So, their policy entry point, if you think about the three balls that I was before presenting, there, it's really food security. So, yeah, these are the questions that they're asking. Um, I'm not really sure if they, if they really take into account um, the surrounding region of Cape Town, if it's still mostly focused on, on cities, but I think it's a good start. Um, yeah, I think the frequent problems, I think Aydoun also mentioned uh, some of these already, and also some of the speakers, that this divide between urban and rural planning is, is really a problem. And also uh, the view that the market will take care of urban food supply, so that governments don't have a role in this. Um, the restricted view of urban planners on land value, so they, they just 
look at the economic value of land uh, without looking at all the possible benefits of, of the urban agriculture activity that's taking place on the land. Um, limited resources in terms of finances and, and human capacity. And also the lack of knowledge, experience, models, tools and research, research on, on these food systems. So, um, yeah, maybe that's, it's comforting that you, that, uh, to realize that these issues that you've been talking about this morning is not just a problem uh, in Switzerland, but uh, many cities around the world are struggling with the same uh, issues. So uh, last year, uh, together with Iklai, who uh, have um, launched the City Food Network uh, that wants to promote um, the awareness of, on uh, city region food system, um, at be an advocacy platform for cities um, and exchange experiences, and also offer uh, yeah, toolkits and guidelines. So yeah, we are still in the process of setting up this network, but um, yeah, we are really happy to. Uh, share more information on this and, uh, and link up with cities that are interested to, uh, to work towards a city region food system. So just to um, recapture, um, yeah, the challenges that we see are finding urban agriculture business models that work, uh, connecting small-scale initiatives in, in networks of some sort, either from the top down or from the bottom up, and thinking and acting at the city region. This is an image of the website of the Wuha Foundation. So thank you for your attention. Thank you.